Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of Westminster Effects. Go buy stuff for your guitar at westminstereffects.com, including the new 2716 Seth Morrison Signature Distortion. God, that's a lot of syllables. Join the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge and join the discussion on Facebook. 300 of us plus three. I think we're at 320 or something now. That's fantastic. Uh, make sure you subscribe, comment, share the show. Share the freaking show, people. Share the show. Help us beat the algorithms. Uh, we are without old Lutheran John today. He had work stuff booked up all day, but I am joined in person by... Hey, everybody. It's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. You know, that intro has gotten so much better for you so much better <laughs> it, you've gone from i don't know what to say to just bradley to you actually have a thing now yeah. <laughs> i'm glad to have a thing <laughs> you gotta have a thing right a little interesting anecdotal thing yeah uh, i haven't eaten a thing today not a single thing are we going here yes are we going here for the podcast tomorrow let's do it tomorrow john you could insert a little snippet of tim hawkins song colonoscopy because that's what's going down <laughs> tomorrow morning uh i haven't started the prep yet that's a little bit later this afternoon but i yes sir. i've had nothing but jello gatorade sprite and water are you just dying inside right now you know, I'm okay as long as I keep moving. Like, I'm thankful that I got back from this meeting I just went to, yeah. and, and you were next. Because yeah. if I keep my brain occupied, I'm all right. Yeah, that that is usually how it goes. Yeah. I won't give all of the embarrassing details from when Kristen had one, but as she was waking up, she was, you know, like, her eyes are half closed, and she's like, I highly recommend this procedure. <laughs> 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 and it was it, and I I know you can just envision her face when she says that Ugh. too, right? Like it's it was fantastic. And oh, I just doubled over real. Yes, sir. So uh we'll spare everybody all of the <laughs> gruesome details, but I guess pray for Bradley's colonoscopy. <laughs> if you haven't seen Tim Hawkins' song on that, you need to YouTube that. I mean, he, it is hilarious. He plays the kazoo while he's singing it. It's oh, just, no. it is so funny. I don't want to know what he plays the kazoo with, though. Um, yeah, yeah. He's singing about colonoscopy. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, so, <laughs> let's do something more sanctified. Yes. Other than talking about colonoscopies. Uh, our main topic comes from the Inquisition section. I did give you a 20-minute heads up on this. Mm. Uh, from Hunter Chapin, who asks, how do we know that by grace through faith is effectual? Uh, so I would assume by grace alone through faith alone, how can we be sure that's a thing? Mm. And two, as we understand faith in Scripture, is it something that somebody has or does without an effectual calling? as in God making the thing happen, start to finish, or is God truly the sole actuator and sustainer of faith? Uh, so he says, this is brought to you by a discussion I'm having with a theological guy who's getting his doctorate in New Testament hermeneutics and Greek. So, I mean, if, if you want to go to seminary, you know, you don't really have to go to seminary. You can just pick an argument with someone who's going to seminary. And <laughs> You get your entire education right there, right? 
Oh, wow. Or, or someone who's become a Calvinist within the last six months to go. a year. Uh, so what, what are our thoughts? This really, you know, dovetails beautifully with our last several weeks. Yeah. So how, I guess we take the first question. How do we know that by grace through faith is effectual? What, and, and maybe what we're asking there is what, what is the evidence of faith? What is the evidence of salvation? Uh, how do we know that someone's not just saying words? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a difficult thing. I mean, we, we are not the judge of men's hearts. But what the Bible does make clear, I think, is that by grace through faith, our spiritually dead hearts are quickened and made alive to the reality of God and of his kingdom. Um, the, the prophet Ezekiel talked about the heart of stone being taken out by God and a heart of flesh or a soft heart being put in. Um, we are indwelt, permanently indwelt by his spirit and there are fruits of the spirit. Um, we can grieve or quench the spirit, but there are fruits that come along with the the gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper, even the Spirit of truth, who will be with you and in you. So there's a there's a there's an affection piece. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And there's an obedience piece that I think all of which are byproducts, fruit, if you will, of being saved by grace through faith. Now, we can. the second question kind of leads us to talk about what faith is, I think. So we'll save that. But I think first and foremost, I would say affection for Jesus that gives rise to obedience um, and an affection for God and for his son Jesus Christ is going to lead to worship. You yeah. know, an evidence of saving faith and that coming via grace is worship because if you for a believer to realize i'm saved not by my works but by grace through faith you're i mean it, it is just going to spill over into into worship into gratitude into praise into thanksgiving um those are all i think um evidences that by grace through faith is effectual yeah we we are told to examine ourselves yes. right mm -hmm. uh and then like if you look through first john uh it's four or five chapters long and the word no as in k-n-o-w is used something like 20 or 23 times yep it's bonkers how yep. often john weaves that word in there and by this we know is in there several times as well That's a good point um jesus says they'll know you're my disciples by your fruit right by your mm -hmm. love for each other at the same time the danger in that is looking at yourself yes for the fruit yes right uh you go to john 3 uh, where right before John 3.16, Jesus is using the uh, the snakes in the desert and the bronze serpent that Moses erects and says, hey, if you've been bitten by these snakes, look at this, mm -hmm. right? And that will save you from this poisonous, venomous, technically, snake bite, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus correlates that to himself. We have to look at Jesus, that's the object of our faith. Right. And when if if we examine ourselves and 
start picking apart, oh, well, I, you know, I looked at someone sideways, maybe I'm not really saved. Ultimately, that makes us the object of the faith uh-huh. instead of Jesus. So it's, it's kind of a both and yep. examine yourself, but don't look at yourself. Right. <laughs> is, yeah. is, is that a terrible way to put it? No, I think that's a great way to put it. I think there are many paradoxical things like that, seemingly paradoxical things like that. Uh, but, you know, Paul, Paul would write to the Colossians and say, we always thank God. So I think it's important to first recognize where Paul's gratitude is aimed. Yeah. He's thanking God because God has done something. Right. And is doing something. The Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith, so he thanks God for their faith, not them, mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus, and of the love that you have for all the saints. They have love for all the saints. Yeah. But Paul's given th- God, God thanks for that. Yep. Um, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So they have hope. They have eternal hope that Paul apparently... Um, knows and recognizes is genuinely there and he's giving god thanks for that Mm -hmm. i think those are evidences that these christians in Colossae have been saved by grace through faith because paul's given god thanks um for all of that yeah um you'd think more even like the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience if those things are increasing in the life of the christian Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, probably. But again, it's you thank God, the actual source of all of those things, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not um, it's not me doing these things and then receiving grace. That's the opposite of the meaning of grace, right? Th- this is where Rome gets it totally wrong with their this is actually a really important distinction of, you know, being Protestant reformed guys, we believe in the imputed righteousness of Christ. Yes. His righteousness is credited to us we, and we don't add anything. Right. The Roman system is the righteousness of Christ and or the saints <laughs> is added to whatever righteousness you have. Yep. Which just turns scripture on its head. It does. Totally. Totally. Uh, and, and even the definition of grace. You don't have grace at that point if it's all your merit that you're going out and procuring for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we, if we checked all the boxes, right, it, 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 to take a Roman Catholic, you know, if we, if we kept taking communion and we kept, uh, you know, in good standing with the church and we did all the right things, the Bible still declares our righteousnesses as filthy rags. Apart from the righteousness of Christ, we would be damned and condemned uh, to eternal hell because only his righteousness can justify. Yep. That's what the Bible makes absolutely clear. And so there's really no other means by which we can be saved. Right. Other than by grace through faith. Uh, and there, if we understand the end result of all of this, to be the glory of God mm-hmm. and the worship of the living God, then there could be no other means than by grace through faith that this salvation would be accomplished. Right. Other because in any other way, and it's our work, not his. Yeah, it's it's when you really boil it down, it's perfectly logical. If you think, want, if you want to think about it that way, yeah. A lot of people will say, "Well, it doesn't make sense," or whatever. It actually does. It actually makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense, and and it, but yet it does have an element of mystery to it. Yes, you you do, you know, in one sense, look at it 
and and turn your head and say, really, God, you this is how you chose to do it, right? Um, and and the more you give attention to the inspired words of Scripture, the more it. It really does make sense. Yeah, why he would do it this right. way? The, the words of Scripture and the the proper doctrine of God. Right. If you have your doctrine of like we we say all the time here is all theology is connected. If you have your doctrine of God nailed down, it informs everything. So true. So true. And so if if your doctrine of God is He's sovereign and He's holy, <laughs> well, <laughs> He's sovereign and He's holy. He needs nothing. Yeah. He is completely and totally self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. So if you just get that much, then then you ask the question, well, why then create all of this? Right. And and his triunity, yes. it makes even more sense because if the three persons of the Trinity covenanted before creation to redeem a people to himself, I actually heard on uh, Christ the Center, they were talking about the doctrine of God today, and Camden Busey said you could, you could even boil it down to instead of just saying that the persons of the Trinity, they are, you could say they is because they're all a hundred percent God. It's not yep. that they're uh, partially God or making up parts of God or anything. It's the son is God. The father's God. The spirit is God. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really just all flows from that. And God, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, all right. Part two. As we understand faith in the New Testament, is it something that somebody has or does without an effectual calling, or is God truly the sole actuator and sustainer of faith? Well, just listen to the last five episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but this this is really something that you in the American church we can't talk enough about because even with um, our emphasis over the last several years here at Res you still have people popping up, you know, good intentions, um, good Christian people who get this part wrong. Yes. Uh, you know, there's still, some of them will still, and you know, some of this might just be a language thing, but some of them will still occasionally say, ask Jesus into your heart made a decision for Christ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and we're not going to consign them to the pits of hell. No. <laughs> and we're not even going to look at them sideways here. Uh, I don't think. Um, may, maybe I'll get a twitch in my eye, but I won't look at them sideways. Right. I did I did text Stephen about a twitch in my eye that I got because of a typo on a slide. It oh, used no. the wrong form of your in a lyric, and I almost lost my mind. Was but that this Sunday? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And that probably the only reason I noticed it was because I wasn't playing guitar this week. <laughs> I was actually reading the lyrics off of the off of the screen. I was just like, "Oh no, what? Oh, that's bad. What other grammar Nazis are out there just losing it?" But anyway, um, where were we? Something about effectual callings. Oh yeah, um, people saying asking Jesus into your heart and made a decision and and stuff like that. We're not consigning them to hell. Uh, but this is something where you, you need the language for it, you need precision, um, and you need right understanding from the scripture that, one, it's he begins and completes the good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, none of this is your own doing, including no. the faith. Right. It's the gift of God. Yeah. Like, And that's not even just the New Testament. That's the old and new put together. Like That's the... The message you get all the way through, there's sirens going off. 
well, chase somebody, somebody down, I guess. It's all your fault, Bradley. Well, you know, Paul says in Philippians, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. For it is God at work in you. You know, there's a work right. out and there's a work in. Yep. And so I think the 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 work out piece does include our um, uh, participation with the living God, our exercising of faith. Um, there there is there is that element, right? Like yep. we we are actually working out or walking out our our faith that we have received from God by grace. Yes. Um, and it is God at work in us at the same time. As we're working out our salvation, God is working in us according to his good mm-hmm. pleasure, to, 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 to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And I think that's important. Faith requires, or faith includes, uh, both knowledge and trust, confidence, and dependence. And you have to have all of that. Mm-hmm. Satan has a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm probably more than some of us, but he's not saved because he doesn't have trust, confidence, and dependence. Yep. Faith includes both, and we owe, I mean, why would Paul pray that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the, the, the Holy Spirit be called the spirit of truth, is that we, we, we must come to know God, right? and we must also come to depend on God. Mm-hmm. And then we must continue to know and depend on him. And I think in 1 Peter chapter 3, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter writes and says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, much like Paul. He's giving God the credit here. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's the actuator. Yep. We do not produce saving faith on our own mm-hmm. and then exercise it in order for God to rebirth us. Mm-hmm. No, he rebirths us to. He saves us from his wrath. I've said this before. Being saved is being saved by God, from God, to God. Yep. So he saves us from his own wrath he does that, and then he saves us to saving faith by rebirthing us, by making us alive in Christ. He does that through the resurrection of Christ to an inheritance, verse 4, that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So we, we know that salvation has an, in, or has an outcome that we're, we're going to realize fully one day. And then verse 5, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, yes, I believe. Yes, I depend. Yes, I trust. And yes, I know God, and I owe all of that to him. Like you like to say all the time, when we get to heaven, we'll tell God that it's all his fault. It's entirely <laughs> your fault that I'm here. And so because of him, I know him and I trust him. Mm-hmm. And because I know him and trust him by his grace, I, will be, I am saved. I am justified before God, and I will finally be saved. I yeah. will be finally saved. But in, the, in, in this process, in this journey that we call life, God is, has not only saved me, but he's keeping me saved 
through the knowledge of him and trust and dependence on him or faith. Yep. He's guarding me by his power. So the the fact that I believe today and I will believe tomorrow is owing to his power at work in me. Right. Work out your salvation for it is God at work in you. So I, I would say, yes, Hunter, he is the actuator and sustainer and I am the participator. Yep. And really, like if you're taking scripture in any kind of context whatsoever, you have to come to that conclusion. You have to come to that you conclusion. You have to. You have to. Um, move on to the Inquisition. I, I, I feel like we did really well. Yeah, I think we kind of killed that. Pat on the back. It was, it was mostly you talking, but I'll take some. No, credit. you did great. <laughs> you did great. And this is the Inquisition where you submit questions to us and we answer them on the fly. You can do that through a weekly post in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge. And as is tradition, we start with Brian Morris, who has been looking for a pastor job. Bless his heart. Uh, (laughs) He says, is a statement of faith that is vague on issues of soteriology and eschatology useful for a church? Uh, he says he's, res- he's specifically referring to the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, which is a useful document uh, for you know who can cooperate in sending missionaries and stuff like that. But I can't help but think it's too vague for individual church usage. And I got to agree. I think I do too. I mean, but that's the essence of the the Baptist convention, isn't it? Is vague? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, honestly, today. I got invited to a pastor's lunch. Yeah. That is that you didn't get to enjoy. <laughs> that I didn't get to enjoy because I can't eat. This is true. But I, I, I go and it's it's a it's a pastor's lunch that's being put on by a local Southern Baptist Association. Mm-hmm. And here's what's interesting. In that local association, there's such a wide range oh, yeah. of doctrinal variants, yep. you know, not on not on primary but secondary issues. Yep. The lunch that I got invited to, oh no, is the Reformed Nymarks guy. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's the one I got invited to. Yeah, but there's a whole. I mean, there's there there are other groups. Yeah, with and I'm like Greenville County Southern Baptist for Israel. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. So that's 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 where I got invited today. So I'm like, I I would say, yeah, Brian, that's probably true. It's just. It's it's very vague, and when you show up at a Southern Baptist church, you really don't know what you're going to get. Right, unless you've done your research beforehand, Yep. and if you know they'll be reformed if, if they're reformed because they'll tell you up front. Yeah, I mean, it's, they it's, may or may not be reformed. They may or may not be seeker-sensitive, attractional yep. model. Yep. Uh, they may or may not be... Um, you know, liturgical. They may or may not. Um, uh, uh, there's definitely believers' baptism is a constant. Um, you know, the autonomy of the local church is a constant. Mm-hmm. Those those are the those are the things that the Southern Baptist Convention lauds as their distinctives. Yep. What they don't laud as their distinctives are the things that, at least in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge, <laughs> we would say are really, really important things in right. a local church. Right. And so, yeah, I would say that's con- that confession is probably not all that helpful. Yeah, and, and particularly like 
<clears throat> you know, the eschatology section, like one, you have a lot of churches that are just scared to touch that anyway. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, I think, is because of the influence of dispensationalism, which yep. unnecessarily makes it confusing. I, I fully agree. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you more and more. Much to my reluctance, but it <laughs> which it, is which is what I did too. It's okay. <laughs> well, it's how I became a Calvinist. I mean, yeah. I, I just kept going. Okay, that's right. Even though I don't want to admit it, but um, you know, it, anyway, I I would say for Res Church, um, I would say we're still a little fuzzy on our eschatology. Um, sure. And and I I I had a a call with you know prospective new members of Res church mm-hmm. uh sunday afternoon and i told him i'm like if you're looking for a church that has you know every i dotted and t crossed when it comes to eschatology we're not for you because we just haven't we, we the lord hasn't matured us that far yet yeah, and yeah. and we're still exploring and there, there it's kind of like when you're this is on my mind because I'm after this, I'm going to go pick up my new contacts. <laughs> but that appointment was last week and, you know, we're kind of in that, all right, is this one clearer or is this one clearer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and we're kind of in that process right now yeah. as a church. Like I kind of settled on some stuff a while ago, but there are things definitely coming more, uh, coming out more in your preaching of the kingdom being a present reality and stuff like that, that you apparently just can't get away from. <laughs> no. And I mean, and we're, we're, we're going to be in the, you know, the latter part of Luke 17 this week. And you know, that what I'm committed to is just to keep reading and teaching the Bible. Yeah. And as that happens, I'm continually reforming. Yeah. You know, on, on, on various things, including eschatology. So I, I, I personally wouldn't make eschatology and clarity about that a deal breaker for taking a church. Right. Um, now, if they were ardent um, dispensational pre-millennial rapture people, mm-hmm. and like that was their flag, that they yeah. fly, that might be a problem. Which, which usually if there's a flag being flown, it's, it's that it, one. It's that one, or not as often, it's the post-mill flag, yeah. which, which I'd be happy to fly. <laughs> But usually, if there is a flag being flown, it's one of those. It's one of those two. Uh, but normally, it's the dispensationalists who are, and God love them, uh, but usually they're way more hardcore about it. Like, if you don't buy into this, then you're questioning the authority of the Bible kind of yeah, thing, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here's a fun one, or not a fun one. Phil Moses wants to get our way too early predictions for Clemson's football season. Oh. <laughs> you know, I have a good friend in the church who he's like he's like my my pastor of Clemson. Are, are we talking about Zeke? Zeke. <laughs> he makes me feel better. He encourages me when I just get so down. Um, but you know, honestly, I, it's hard to say. I could see us based on the last two games. I could see us. Making the playoffs, yeah, and being a contender, and I could see us losing three games, yep, four games, same, because I I don't I, I don't know what to think about the defense that is loaded with with talent that seem at times to not be able to stop Furman, yeah, Saturday, and then you know there were moments where DJ just looked absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. uh, in the first half. Uh, of the Furman game and in the second half of the Georgia Tech game. 
And then there are times where he just, it, the offense just looks like. He looks panicked and Yeah, whatever. it's like listening to paint dry. It's not even watching paint dry. It's like <laughs> listening to it. Uh, I, I don't know. So I, way too early predictions. If you, had to, if you nailed me down today, um, 11 and 2 in a, in a January 1st bowl. That's fair. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like the teams that normally give us trouble, like NC State, who has not looked good this year. Um, so I got to think we'll probably roll them. We're playing Pitt this year, right? Or e- is that every year? No, well, I don't know if it's every year, but we're definitely playing them. I, I would watch out for Florida State. Yeah. I was going to say watch out for Notre Dame, but I'm not <laughs> not too worried about <laughs> that, that right me, now. That made me so happy. Oh my goodness. Our um, uh, our our good friends Rick and Carmel Smith are, you know, formerly members here. I don't know if they listened, but they were in our small group. Yeah. Uh they're huge Notre Dame fans. Yeah. And I'm I'm able to get under Carmel's skin by trash talking them. Oh, it's like how you know how they haven't been relevant since the Cold War. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, you should title this episode we are marshall and send it to him oh yeah but yeah don't I, put it past me i i think florida state has looked better i don't know what they did this past weekend but their their first two games they look better than i thought they would and yeah. and i would i would watch out for them yeah um you got a good point there and i think wake forest is is a is a threat but they uh, never have a defense though their offense true. is always incredible so if we can shut them down on and and, offensive side and I would have thought going into the season we could absolutely shut him down, but we couldn't stop Furman. Yeah, um, at times. So I don't know. That's why I say ten and two, eleven and two, whatever the the, the total number of games would be, and and we play in on January first. That would be my prediction at this point. Yeah, but that could change. I think that's fair. All right. So Brad Speed, uh, are you familiar with this Sean Fuked guy? No. Curly hair, the let us worship uh, out of Bethel. Yes, 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 yes. Big guy. Huh? Big guy. Uh, no. No? No, not a big guy. He has long curly hair, and he he did the whole let us worship rallies during COVID kind of thing. Uh, very word of faith. He also had a failed bid to run for the United States House of Representatives from oh, that district. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Brad Speed says, does somebody want to tell Sean Fuke that no one's stopping him from worshiping anymore? <laughs> <laughs> They're having another Let Us Worship event in October. Well, you, this is, <laughs> you know, it, it's not true of the whole body of Christ, but it, it, it and, and I, I wouldn't say that this is just a Bethel thing. I've got plenty of issues with Bethel. Don't accuse me of saying otherwise. But this is this is true of the body of Christ across the board. Mm-hmm. Something the Lord does something. The Lord graces in some way or another. And and maybe let's give it the benefit of the doubt that maybe what he was doing was really spirit led good thing mm-hmm. in the midst of COVID with all that was going on over right. there, and and particularly with governments trying to say to churches you are not allowed to worship, yeah, which, I, which they don't have the right to do. They do not have the right to do it, and I I laud anybody that will go and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in in the in the face of opposition, particularly sure. from the government. Yeah. But this is what we do: is we we don't know how to not try to overplay it, you know, mm-hmm. maximize. You know, if 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 a revival really broke out, right? What do we do? We want to franchise it. 
We want to market it. We want to expand it. Yeah. You know, it's like just let God move in the way He wants to move, and then when He's ready to move on and do something mm-hmm. else, move on with Him. And that's that's the entire problem with Word of Faith theology, right? Is they have to gin it up, they have to make it they happen, have to. right? They have uh, to. This was also from his Facebook. He said, "One year ago, thousands gathered on the historic National Mall in D.C. to enthrone King Jesus over America." Well, what's the problem with that? He's already He's on the throne. He's never on been throne. off the throne. He's already on the throne over America. All authority, <laughs> right? In heaven and on earth. Stop trying to put him in in a place where he already is. Which it, it, to me, if you if you look at that closely, it it does seem to be a works righteousness kind of thing. Oh, that's true. Look what we did. We yeah. put him on the throne in America. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. He invited you into his kingdom that he's been on the throne of since before God said, let there be light. So, you know, slow your roll. (laughs) We just make t-shirts with your face and slow your roll. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit hangry, so don't get me stirred up. Yeah, Bradley's hangry. He's about to be miserable tonight. Oh, man, don't remind me. Bless it. Well, y'all pray for me. Pray for Bradley. By the time you hear this, it will have already happened. But <laughs> do retroactive prayers do anything? <laughs> Certainly they do. There, there's some uh, there's some scholasticism to get into. Mm. Well, I got a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> I keep doing that mess. <clears throat> so we're gonna kill it here. We're out of questions. We fleshed out our main topic. So thanks for listening to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. Go love God, love your neighbor, and make some music. We'll see you next time. <laughs>